Hey guys, welcome to the He Said, She Said podcast with Josh and Danielle, where we talk about our marriage, family, and the everyday stuff that we all face. We don't always agree on everything, and we certainly don't have it all figured out, but we know that God does. We're so glad you're here. Episode number three. You are the worst. (laughs) I literally said, do not start the podcast saying episode three. (laughs) Here we are. Welcome back, guys. Thanks for joining us once again. And we are on episode number three. Yeah. And you know what? I told my husband, I have committed to eight podcasts. We're going way beyond that. He he has big plans for the podcast, and I'm like, mm, you might have to get yourself another wife to do the rest of them. <laughs> you cannot say that. No. We are going to keep this thing going for um, a while. Yeah, for, for the four listeners that listen, our four parents. But listen, you know what? I said, as long as this podcast helps one person... Like, it's worth it. The podcast is totally worth it. That is true. It helps one person. And you know what? It has helped one person. You know that for a fact? I do. Oh, good. I do. I'm glad to hear that. That's the first I've heard that. Yeah. I mean, I've had a few people tell me that they've listened and that they've enjoyed it. No, no. It's helped me. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's helped me, too, because you know what? Like, all the laundry has been getting done. I know. That's what I was referring to. <laughs> Listen, since he told me on our first episode that his unmet expectation when we came into marriage was that I would do all of the laundry. Tell him. Tell him. I don't know. What am I supposed to tell him? What's been going on with the laundry at She's our house? She's been doing all the laundry. You but- guys, this is episode three. And for that long since that conversation, I've been doing all the laundry. So did we unlock... Like a secret key to marriage? Did we? Start a podcast together and all your wildest (laughs) dreams will come true? That might be it. I don't know. Hey, start your own podcast, y'all. I said this morning, now, next, we are about, we are 30 days away today (gasps) from... Can we talk about it? Disney trip. We, we, can we, talk we about cannot it? talk about it right now. Oh. Um, we need to keep this thing moving. But we are 30 days away from our Disney trip. And I told Danielle this morning she better start packing. And she said that she had already started packing, which is unheard of. Like, I don't know that, I, I don't know if you're telling the truth. No, no, I have. And But you assumed that because I had. Um, been doing the laundry and I had already started packing that the only reason that I had been doing the laundry was because I was so excited that I was being fueled by Disney magic. I do think that is part (laughs) of it, that the fairy dust has begun to fall from the sky and (laughs) that you are motivated to go to Disney. I am motivated to go to Disney and I have started packing. I pulled out the kids uh, Disney shirts. Gotcha. So that they didn't get lost in the shuffle. Okay. It's all clean now, and I thought I might as well pull them out. So, 30 anyways, days. thirty days. We are very, very excited. This is the third trip we've taken with the kids. Something like that. We go probably every year and a half or so. Um, just it's Kobe's first trip where he'll actually understand what's going yeah. on. Yeah. So we're calling so, this Kobe's first trip because yeah. he was like an itty bitty baby last time. Um, he's just two and a half, so it's been two years. He was six months old. No, probably nine. Probably somewhere nine months there. old, somewhere around there. And so we are calling this Kobe's first Disney trip, and I cannot wait. <laughs> I love Disney. Okay, let's talk about – well, we're going to give you an update on 
our, our Valentine's shenanigans. They we, got canceled. Yeah. That's the update. <laughs> yeah. So last Thursday, we told you guys we were supposed to go to dinner last Thursday. And then the snow came and the ice came. And so our Valentine's date got canceled. Yeah, it did. And so then I said today. You are, sound so disappointed. I am. Well, listen. You're just excited about Disney. So. I'm really excited about Disney. I I don't have giant, huge, big expectations. You know what? I was talking to a friend this week, and I said, the irony is not lost on me that since we started this podcast and we talked about unrealistic expectations, that all I've talked about are my expectations that I had from you for Valentine's Day. But I want everyone to know, rest assured, I really have lowered my expectations. I'm not really expecting. I really appreciate that. No, I'm not. I'm not expecting a lot. Number one, Disney. That's going to cost us a pretty penny. Yeah. And so we are kind of we're saving. doing we're things on the down mode. low. Yeah. We're in saving mode. I try to be in saving mode. That's very difficult. So that snow and ice that came last Thursday. Yes, um, that canceled our Valentine's Day That canceled Day our Valentine's date. date is still around at our house. Yeah, We've been, it it's, is. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> I should have shoveled, like, in hindsight, looking back. It's always 2020, right? And so, Or maybe gotten salt. Like, we're risking well, our lives every day. Uh, that might be moment. a little bit of an overstatement. Hey, I about fell on my face yesterday. I hold your hand every time we get home and we ice skate. It's like the most romantic thing ever. We ice skate <laughs> to our front door. How could you possibly get more romantic than that? It's a beautiful sight. It is. No, we're slipping and sliding everywhere, y'all. Okay, so this I morning said, this morning we walked out the door. Yeah, go ahead. And the kid, we're getting the kids out the door, ready for school. Kobe comes walking out, and Kobe is our, our two-year-old. He comes walking out, and uh, he falls onto <laughs> his stomach. And he's so, got a really puffy jacket on. Yes, y'all. he's got this puffy jacket on. And so just kind of imagine this in your, in your mind. But he's flailing his arms and legs, <laughs> and he's saying, saying, I penguin, I penguin. <laughs> we got a kick out of that this morning. <laughs> Anyways, so all week long, we've been ice skating to and from our vehicle. And this morning I said, get some salt, man. Why do we not have salt? It's supposed to get up to almost, I think, like 60 degrees today. So, Do you think it'll melt? I think it will. I hope so. Oh, I am so happy for this warmer weather. Yeah. It's it's making my heart. This room is so cold. I said, I'm going to get a blanket and I'm going to bring it in this room. It is a little chilly in here. But it's been nice outside. Um, oh, I wanted to talk about one thing. I was talking to a friend this week, and she was like, you guys are are arguing, and I don't know if you're being serious on the podcast. Rarely are we serious. Y'all, I just thought we needed to clear the air. We are rarely serious. And definitely when we're talking to each other about these things. <laughs> We're not serious at all. I mean, there is probably some truth to it, but we have learned to laugh at ourselves and mostly laugh at each other, and that's just how we roll. Our dynamic is very much very spicy. I call it spicy. So so you asked me the other day, like, is that normal? Are we we weird? Are we weird? Yeah, probably. (laughs) I mean, honestly. Okay, let's talk about it, though. We have been together since we were 14 14 years old. So we kind of grew up together, and we have this, I think, a special dynamic because of it. 
like where we have this like brother sister thing going on which kind of which i think is kind of weird but it's just how we've always been and i was talking to a friend too last night and she said i think that your spiciness is is an attraction (laughs) josh is attracted to that and I said, do you think so? And she said, definitely, 100%. She said, Josh is so handsome and a cutie pie that probably girls were falling all over him. No. And you were like, mm-mm, not me. You remember? You remember? Yeah. Do you remember our first interactions? <laughs> oh, do I remember our first interactions? Let's you mean talk- like when no, you no, were when ahead. you were you were going to choir? And I was so con- – like, guys, I'm just telling you. I was such a kind, a kind individual. Now, of course, I had ulterior motives. She was cute, and did you, you know, really? I of course. Okay, listen, so, guys. I came in new girl to youth group. Yes. Nobody else is in the room. There's this boy. I'm nervous. I am nervous. And there's this boy, and somebody's one of the youth leaders says, um, "Hey, Josh, can you take her up to youth choir? She's looking for youth choir because well, we had youth choir." Um, before youth group every week. Which, by the way, looking back, was probably like you're telling, you know, this teenage guy to go and take this teenage girl. It's kind of <laughs> Walk probably alone. a bad idea. Anyways, but, go ahead. But they, we didn't know each other. Yeah, so right. really, was there a lot of danger? No. But we were walking along, and he is, no, he, guys, really is the nicest person ever. And he was just being so, so sweet to me. And he's just trying to make conversation. And he says, what'd you say? I said, are you nervous? And your response was? Nervous? Why would I be nervous? Why would I be nervous? Just like that. Because, y'all, I was nervous. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like freaking out in my mind. Like, are these people going to be mean to me? Is that, are they going to make me sing by myself in front of other people? Like I'm go, these things are going through my brain, but I'm like trying to play it cool. Why would I be nervous? I sang in choir. I've been singing forever. <laughs> yeah, that was that was like one of our first interactions. Why? Uh, wh- what was, I want to know is why is my impression of myself at I don't know. 14, I was kind of like I was kind of wondering the same thing because because I didn't really, really talk, talk like, like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Anyways, I, I feel like so we funny. have this like super competitive dynamic in our in our relationship. Oh wait, too. I never got to finish my oh, point yeah, there. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. All the other girls were fawning all over oh, we you. Don't, we don't need to go there. And I was like, who is this guy? Why would I be nervous? And I was like, not having. I was playing like hard to get. And and my friend, my sweet friend. Patty but said, inside, you were not. You were like, you were just like, right? No, inside, I was nervous <laughs> about choir. <laughs> I, I didn't. Honestly, I did not notice you. What? I didn't. I didn't notice you for a couple months after that. Like, no way. You weren't even on my radar. No. Until I was sitting with a couple of girls, and they were like, "Oh, he is so cute." And I thought, "Who are you guys talking about?" And they said, "The youth pastor's son." I said, I don't even know who that is. And they pointed you out How to me. How could you not know who I was? I don't know. I just wasn't hanging out with you. <laughs> and then they pointed out this boy across the room. And I, I, think I, th- I think I saw you for the first time that it really was like, huh, wait a minute. That guy? Yeah, he actually is kind of cute. And that was it. That was like That the- was that was when I had my hair parted down the middle and I had these like <laughs> horns going on. Whoops, I hit the mic there. But I had these like horns going on in the front of my head. It was a we- like it was just it was looking back it was a weird time. It was a weird time. It was awkward. Yeah. yeah. 
but, but I think all of us kind of look back on those moments in our life, right? Am I alone? Look, look on those look moments. on those moments in our life where we're like, yeah, I looked kind of weird. Oh no, you're right. Okay, you good. looked weird. Uh, no, what? <laughs> I mean, okay, moving on. So what I was saying about our marriage <laughs> is that we are very like we we have this competitive dynamic in our marriage. We like do. we we like to have a good time. We like to have fun. But we also we we like to play board games. We get really competitive when it comes to putt putt, um, oh. putt putt golf. Don't even tell the story. I know exactly where you're going. I never threw a club, which is what she's. He about. didn't I throw didn't a club. Hit a tree. He either. hit a tree. Okay. That poor tree. Anyways, we're moving on. We have this really competitive dynamic in our in our marriage, and especially when it comes to board games. Um, we we love playing board yeah, games. Yeah, I think I I remember one time in particular. I mean, we just, we are, we're competitive. We are spicy with one another. And that is our dynamic. That's how we roll. And we, and we laugh so hard at each other, like I said. And, but, but I think like you can. Like last week when I said, I, when I hear my voice <laughs> on gonna... the radio. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. So board we, games. Let's board get back games. to it. I'm sorry. I, you could have been going anywhere with that. Me laughing at you. I thought you were going to go a totally different direction, but yeah, that did happen. Um, yeah, we're super, super competitive, and we always have been. And I remember after we had gotten married, <clears throat> I thought, you know, it's just a game. Well, this is several years after we'd gotten married. Maybe maybe two. Yeah. It was probably a couple. Okay. A couple years. And I thought, you know, I should just be, like, we, w- we would be, like, competitive, y'all. First of all, what you need to know as well is that Danielle often wins – the board games. I'm so happy to hear you admit that. I hate that those words just oh, came out of my babe. mouth. But <laughs> anyways, go ahead. Anyways, uh, you know what? I wouldn't say that I frequently win. I would say that it's about 50-50 in all honesty. It goes back and forth. And we're so evenly matched that it's it's so fun. It really is so fun that you know we, we can challenge each other in that way. But... You know, I thought a couple years in, I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to be a better wife. And I thought, you know, this is like a point of contention. And I really should be like a supportive wife. Like I see other um, not so spicy couples just being so sweet with each other. And I should try to be like that. And so I remember this. Well, I don't even remember the game. Do you remember the game? I don't know. It was probably like Settlers of Catan or something. I don't know. No, no, no. Or maybe it was Sorry or Life. I have no idea. It doesn't matter. No, it was Rook. Okay. Because it was early on in our marriage. We did play it, Rook a We lot played Rook a lot early on in our marriage. And um, I said, babe, he won. I'll be honest. He won that time. I said, babe, you did such a good job. Man, that strategy was awesome. And I, I'm really proud of you. Like, you did really great. You deserve that win. And you said. Don't ever say that again. He's, he was like, I hated that because it was like it took all the, the gloating that I would have been able to do away. <laughs> he was it like, completely disarmed me and no, I was I re- so angry. I remember exactly what you said. You were like, no. And I was like, what? No, don't do that. <laughs> and I was like, why? You said, you said, it's not fun if you're not mad. <laughs> There is this level of like, like when you get upset because I beat you that it's like, it's so satisfying. I know. It is so satisfying. And I'm glad that we can beat each other and like gloat 
and not be like deeply offended with one another. <laughs> I do love you dearly, and I love that part about our relationship. But- yeah. So, so that kind of leads well into what we wanted to talk about today. Um, oh yeah. The topic of humility, right? right? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what we're talking about today. Being I, gracious. As we were talking about, like, what do we want to talk about on this on this episode? This was one of the things. Was like, okay, how do we? What how what roles do grace and humility play in a marriage relationship? Right. I think these two components, these two attitudes are key components, I should say, um, that we need to have going into our marriage and in our interactions with our spouse. Um, it's really important. Yeah, because I mean, if I if I can't be gracious and humble towards my spouse, and even we're going to talk about towards myself, right? Um, then it really starts to make things messy in in marriages. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I I I can totally see that, and we we will we'll get there. But let's so, start. With... So let's start with grace. Let's start with the the what what is grace first of all in in the context of marriage. Um, I want you, Danielle, to you had a verse that you wanted to talk about specifically with grace in mind, and then maybe even give us a definition of of grace, a biblical definition of what grace would mean. First of all, sure. Um, let's go with the biblical definition. Uh, it's a free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. Yeah, so basically when you think about grace, and, and I think most of us probably understand the concept of God's grace to us, it's God giving us something that we don't deserve. So in the big picture, that would be our salvation. Like, I, I don't deserve salvation. I don't deserve Jesus dying on the cross for my sins, but yet God gave that to me. Right. And and even in even in life, all the blessings that we receive, um, be, just because of who we are, I think that those are all... Right, who we are as a child of God, right. specifically. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so, so back to that definition, um, you said the free and unmerited favor of God, right? Right. So... When you think about God's unmerited favor, what does that mean? That means that God, is, that, that's not anything that I have done anything to deserve. In fact, I don't deserve it. Right. I cannot earn it. It is, I mean, it's a, it's a gift. Yes, exactly. It's a gift that there's nothing that I can do to earn. So the, the Ephesians passage or the verse that you um, had come up with to share right now. Right. I love this verse. It's in Ephesians four thirty two, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Okay. So what does that verse mean? I mean, it's, it's kind of a verse that all of us have learned as kids, right? Even when you're you're young kids, you learn this verse because your parents are teaching you, I want you to be kind to other people. I want you, it's the golden rule, you know, treat others the the way that that you would want to be treated. And so be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. So when we contextualize that in a marriage relationship and we bring that into our marriage, grace is believing the best about your spouse. Because what we all know is that our spouses, from time to time, will let us down. Right. Um, they will. I mean, because of, of, well, you know, we've talked about it on previous episodes, because of our sin nature, yeah, 
We're going to let each other down. Yeah. So, so I'm not perfect. Danielle's not perfect. You're not perfect. And your husband or wife is, is not perfect. Or if you're a, a single person listening to the podcast, your mom and dad or the people that you work with or whatever relationship that you have, people will let us down. So specifically, let's contextualize grace in the context of marriage. And that that is, as I said before, grace is believing the best about your spouse. So um, I'm going to give an example from our our marriage that has been a consistent area of strife for us from time to time. Um, I, we, we mentioned on one of our very early episodes, we're only in episode three, so I guess these are all our very early episodes, but I think we mentioned on episode number one that, um, you know, we, we talked about unfulfilled expectations and Danielle growing up in a different like culture and dynamic in the home than I did. But as we got married, um, Danielle is often not on time. Uh, <laughs> you can say it. She's often running behind. She's often Oops, late. There it is. Uh, There's to, the word. <laughs> she's often late to things. And so for me, that was like a a point, a, a, a very strong point of contention, especially early in our marriage. Now, I've learned to like accept the fact that oftentimes we're not going to be exactly where we need to be when I want to be there. But um right. The, the the point is this, that we are, one of the things that we're called to in our marriages is to be gracious to our spouse. And so even in those moments when Danielle is running out the door and I'm sitting in the car waiting for five minutes for her to get there, there's there's a an aspect where in those moments I need to be believing the best about her. And I need to be understanding that there's things that she goes through in the morning that I don't experience. So like I don't have to put makeup on in the morning. <laughs> he says I'm putting on my face. Yes, I don't have to do that in the morning. Um, right, you do your hair for an awful long time, but well, I used to, but it's there's not as much there anymore. <laughs> so it doesn't take as long as it used to. Um, but but I think what we're what we're getting at here is that at any time throughout my marriage, whether it's something small like being late to an event. Right. Or something much larger, like my spouse really letting me down and my spouse really failing me, that I need to believe the best about them and be willing to be gracious and forgiving in that moment. Right. And I think about um, going back to the late example, you, I think at first it really did bother you. It did. Um, that, but there that was a it, lot it of... It was a point of contention, but I think that eventually you realize that I'm not just, especially when we started having kids, like, first of all, there are a lot, a lot more steps to my getting ready yes. process than yeah. there are to yours. But especially when we started having kids it, and ladies, you all know this. And I've talked to like several women who say the same thing. Um, you know, husband gets up, you know, looks at himself in the mirror, puts on some clothes, <laughs> he walks out the door after he brushes his teeth and he's good. He's ready. He's done. But a lot of us ladies are getting all the clothes laid out and ironing and getting the kids breakfast and making sure they brush their teeth and making sure they comb their hair. And we have to get everybody's Bibles together and get the diaper bag together and get a bottle. And there are like so many steps to us getting ready because we're not really just getting ourselves ready. We're getting the family ready, right? And um, I think that you saw that to your 
great credit. You were very gracious when you realized, and I don't even remember, remember the point at which you realized this, but I remember that we used to argue about it quite a bit, um, about us being late all the time. And I am one of those people. I lose track of time. I mean, honestly, we're still late to a lot of things. Yeah, we are yeah. because of my, <laughs> I, I honestly think it's because of my personality. Like I don't take into account every tiny little infinite detail that I have to do I just think about big picture it's going to take me about this long and I don't take into consideration other things that'll probably go wrong and slow us down but there was a but, lot about that process of getting ready in the morning and getting out the door that that you were doing that I didn't understand and right. that I I didn't so so because of that I didn't allow for grace in those areas and I would get upset and we would walk into church and y you guys know the the old example like you know you're fighting in the car and then you put on the smiles and yeah, you walk into like, church and what? you you're doing together. this. Hello. Right. How was your day this morning? But I mean, that's how it was a, a lot of a lot of the time. Right. But once I began to understand, and this is what I'm saying, I think this is really what I'm what I'm right. nailing down on is that we need to we we need to be more intentional about putting ourselves in a position where we're we're giving our spouse the benefit of the doubt and we're understanding things from their point of view and I think that is a part of being gracious to them right trying to see them in the best light and trying to understand where they're coming from um rather than pointing fingers which is the exact yes. opposite yeah so even in the messiest of moments in our marriage life we're ready to forgive and so really what grace does in marriage is it makes me quick to forgive mm -hmm. and it makes me quick to serve and so when I can remember that that person that I'm married to, that person that maybe is running a little bit late um, and, and now we're going to be late to whatever event it is that we're going to, right. is, is my, my sister, my brother in Christ, that person that left their socks on the floor, that person that left those dirty dishes in the sink <laughs> or whatever it is that, that you or face in your marriage. didn't put the bag back in the trash can after they took the trash out. Yes. Or even a, a much bigger, you know, issue right, in marriage right. when I can remember, okay, that person is my brother or sister in Christ. That person is a son or a daughter of the King. And therefore, I need to forgive them as Christ has forgiven me. It can revolutionize the way that we interact with them. And I think really this is, is one of the huge things that changed our marriage because you are so good about this. You have been, um, you know, a few years in. I think you realized, I think you realized that there's more going on <clears throat> and that there are ways that you can help. And so now our dynamic is because it, I have more steps to get ready in the morning, you have taken over mostly getting the kids out the door. Like I'll help, um, but mostly you do that because you don't have as many things to do. Yeah, and it helps that our kids are a little bit older now. And so, you know, they can, but, but I would say this, there's give and take. So right, right. let's just be honest. You're not a morning person. I... I'm not a morning person. <laughs> it is 9.53 right now, and I'm like, babe, I'm half asleep. Yes, yeah, so you did actually say that before we started this <laughs> podcast. Actually, you said, I'm going to take a nap this afternoon. Is that okay? <laughs> um, so anyways, you're not a morning person, but there's some give and take because you have come to the place now where where you might get up uh, you know, 20 minutes earlier so that you can try to get ready and get out the door on time. Now, it's still a challenge. But um, it is still a challenge. The, the point is, is that, you know, we're, we're changing constantly. We're mm. changing constantly and we're giving that grace and we're giving that. Right. Um, and I think, um, did you want to say something? No, no, no. Go I, I think that if we can remember who we were and how Christ 
sees us and what he had to do for us, then that really will put us in a proper mentality and understanding to be able to exercise that grace toward our spouse. And so I think of 1 John 4, 19. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. And so what pushes me to love and to serve God? It's the love and the grace that he displayed to me. And so what did he do for me? Well, he sent his son to die on the cross for my sins. What did he do for me? He recognized that I was a sinner that was in need of a savior. And so he put a plan into action so that he could have a relationship with me. And that pushes me to serve him and to love him more. The ultimate example of grace. Right. And so what I think the, the parallel that we can make into our marriage is this, that when I exercise grace towards my spouse and when I love them as Christ loved me, that that does the same thing for them. Mm. Just like God's grace towards me pushes me to love and serve him, my grace towards Danielle pushes her to love and serve me. Right, and that brings us perfectly into the next idea. Yeah, so so not only grace is, is, is grace an important concept in marriage, but so is humility. Mm. Because when I can recognize and say, okay, God, this is who I am. I'm a sinner. I'm saved by your grace. There's nothing that I could do to earn salvation. You had to give it to me. And when I can recognize, as, as it says in the book of Isaiah, that all my righteousness, all my good works is, 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 are as filthy rags, then I can really begin to humble myself and approach my spouse and hear hear my spouse in the proper manner. So you had a verse that you wanted to share. Sure. Ephesians 4 verses 1 through 3 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness and longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And I was looking up the word vocation here because I was thinking, you know, vocation we use now generally referring to um, a career or job. Um, But here um, the word vocation can be also translated as calling. Um, It's not necessarily talking about like your job that you work to, you know, get money, but it's talking about a life calling. It's the same exact word that is used in Philippians 3.14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, so really the idea behind the word is our identity, right? It's, it's who we are in Jesus Christ. What is our calling as a child of God? And so Ephesians 2.10 says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And so my calling and your calling, Danielle, and uh, all, all those of you that are listening that have accepted Christ as your personal Savior, your calling is to be a child of God, to serve him, to work for him. The Bible says that we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't mean that we work for our salvation. It means that once we're saved, we now have a responsibility to live submitted to the Holy Spirit's control in our life. And we talked about that a little bit on last week's podcast. But when I actually live out that calling, and by the way, um, you wanted to say something about that um, that Ephesians 4 passage coming before the Ephesians 5 passage, right? The quintessential oh, idea. Do you have to use that word so often? I, I need to use it once every podcast. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> I was just making a statement that it, it is so fitting that these two verses that we've chosen 
to, to speak about grace and to speak about humility are found in Ephesians 4. Um, and this is directly preceding the Ephesians 5 passages, which, which you call the quintessential marriage passage. Yes. Um, and if you think about it, we put in the, I mean, we put in the verses, we put in yeah, the, you know, chapter the, breaks. the chapter breaks. And so basically this is a long letter from um, right. Paul to the church at Ephesus. And so it kind of flows together. You know, he's talking about our Christian walk and being humble and being gracious, being forgiving. And then it flows right into you know, submitting yourselves one to another further on in the letter. Yeah, the, yeah, it is pretty awesome that, you know, he he talks what what I believe to be one of the key verses in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 4, 1, you walk worthy of, the, of the vocation wherewith you're called. And then he talks just in the very next chapter, just a few verses later about what does that look like in our marriages? Mm. And so going back to the point, though, our calling is to submit ourselves to Jesus Christ. It's to, to, to serve him, to love him. And when, when, my pri- when pride enters the discussion and I begin to think that I know how to fix my marriage or that I know what job I should be doing or that I know better than God does in any area of my life, how to fix any relationships, whatever it is, when, when my pride begins to enter the conversation, then that really begins to spoil my calling. Right. It really begins to mess that up. Yeah, and we decide we don't, you know, we don't consult him. We'll, we'll go. We have problems. We can we can solve it. We go to our self help books. We have all the answers. We, I can try hard enough. If I work hard enough, I can I can do better and better. Yeah, and it's, I, it's, and I, I know better. You know, I right. know better than my spouse. I know how to fix this problem. I even know better than God. Yeah. It's the idea of pulling myself up by my bootstraps, right? right, that, right. that I can fix the issues in my life when really I can't. James 4 is interesting because James 4, chapter 4 and verse 6, the Bible says this, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. I mean, that's a powerful statement because the word resisteth there, when you look it up in the original language, it has this idea of combat, that God is battling against pride, that God is battling against a person who's made pride a part of their life, but he's giving grace, which is interesting to me because that's our other word that we're talking Mm -hmm. about. He's giving grace to the person that will add humility to their life and humble themselves before him. And so, you know, when we, when we think about that, when I think about how does pride spoil my calling, how does pride even mess up my marriage? Well, it puts me at odds with God. It puts me into a battle with God. And what did we say? I I think we said this on the podcast last week, but what did we say about our marriages? That really it's a, it's a vertical and a horizontal relationship, right? Right. That, that it's a, it's a commitment that I made to God and to my spouse. And so when I'm at odds with God, I cannot be right with you. Right. Right. We have to be, we have to be willing to lower ourselves. We have to see ourselves the way that God sees us. And I think that that is key to having the right disposition as we approach our relationship with God because we see him as he sees us. Then we can approach our marriage um, much in the same way. If we see ourselves as God sees us, then when we relate to our husband or um, we relate to our wife, we can be humble because we know who we are in comparison to God. Yeah, absolutely. Because now I can see 
I can see myself as God sees me. Right. And I had a friend. Um, I'm in a book club, y'all. <laughs> she was talking about, we read Pride and Prejudice. We read Jane Austen. She was talking about Elizabeth and Charlotte and how they were um, best friends, but they were complete opposites. And she said that that was on purpose. That was um, basically putting two people who were so opposite so close together that it would highlight and contrast the two opposing schools of thought basically and that's how I think about us and God when we compare ourselves and we put ourselves so Mm. close to God we it really really highlights the contrast yeah and so I really think that it's important um just to keep just to keep that vertical relationship strong yeah, and stay I, close to him. When I look at the ultimate standard of righteousness and holiness, mm. which is a perfect God, and I compare myself with that, then I really begin to see how despicable I truly am. Mm. And it makes me, it makes me humble. Right. And so what, what is the opposite of pride? The opposite of pride is humility. And really that's the antidote to this is that I incorporate humility into my life. So Philippians chapter two and verse three says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. And by the way, if I'm not lowly in mind, if I'm not humble, then what comes into my marriage? Strife, vainglory, right? contention. There's a lot of finger pointing going on. Yeah. Honestly, I think that if I'm just being truthful, a lot of our, our arguments tend to go that way. You know, I feel like we tend to point fingers right. in the opposite direction when we're approached by something. I think yeah, of it's like specifically... When we are late and getting in the yeah, car. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's like, you made us late this morning. Right. And honestly, it's not always me that's the last person in the right. car. But I'm always Most, like... Mostly. Mostly, mostly. <laughs> but but sometimes I'm like, hey, are you ready to go? And even if you're busy doing something, you're like, I've been waiting for you this whole time. Well, because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, though, this is... Um, I, I think of the uh, discussion that we had on Sunday... And I feel like a lot of times that that is our first response. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, it's hard to hear um, hard words. Yeah. It's difficult to hear hard words. It's difficult to be um, criticized. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens, we tend to put our defenses up. And so then we tend to spin it. Well, you, well, you, right, well, you. Right. And and that's a very, very easy thing to sl- slip into. And I think that we've, you know, done a better job at trying to get past that, trying to really listen to the other person, because that's what happens when you, you know, hear something and you feel like you're being attacked, then you stop listening to the other person. You start thinking about how you're going to respond to them. You start thinking about, you know, oh, wait, hold on. Let, you know, this is how we argue. You, you didn't even let me finish that sentence. Uh, um, I, was, I just said one word. I wasn't even done. You know what I mean? Like, we go back and forth like that quite a bit. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's a good place to point out that humility then is a daily decision. Right. Like it's it's a decision that it's an intentional thing that I have to choose every day to be humble. Right. And I have to choose every day to set aside my pride because what is pride? Pride is sin. Right. And so there's a daily putting off and a daily putting on. Right. As as with any sin or temptation in our life, there's a there's a putting off and a putting on. And so when I choose to put off my pride and put on humility and clothe myself in that, then in those moments, 
now I can we, we can have conflict that is productive because right. there is such a thing as productive conflict in marriage. Right. So when there is conflict, what does humility look like during that conflict? Well, humility, I think, allows you to really hear what the other person is saying, to really listen and to not yeah, be so let me ready interrupt with you. the I'm next. Just kidding. I'm don't just kidding. even, don't even do that. Not even, <laughs> not, not be always thinking about the next thing that you're going to say. Not thinking, well, you, you know, you made us late or, but you were the one who made me slow my process down. And so, because you didn't do that. Now I had to do that now. So really you're the one who made us late. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really listening. There's, there's a full attentiveness that's given in the moment. And so, so often, even in our, even in our conflict, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm just like preparing myself. You're formulating. Yes, I'm formulating. What can I say back to her? Um, (laughs) Rather than just giving you the the full attention and And, listening to what you have to say. And that's why I think that our discussions can get so heated because I do the same thing. I have it. We have a list of here things here. What does humility look like during conflict? And just some ideas um, for you to think about. But I highlighted a few things, and one of the things that I highlighted was I focus on you. I give you my full attention. Yeah, I struggle with that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we all do. I think I think the natural inclination of most people when they're in a a discussion or an argument or whatever you want to call it, whether it's in marriage or just in relationships in general, the natural inclination is always to be preparing the next argument Mm. rather than listening and giving attention. Sure. And, and I think when we do that, that we we miss the constructive part of that conflict can bring. Right. We miss really the true point of what the other person is bringing. Um, but I think, too, that humility would approach that discussion with the right spirit. Mm-hmm. I think when we're going into a discussion time. Or an, an an argument, you know, you're you're good. There is going to be some conflict, or you're disagreeing, or something has to be addressed. I think that humility does it w- with the right spirit, in the right way. Yeah, sure. Um, if you're gonna, you know, come at somebody like, "Hey, you did this wrong, and you did this wrong, and you did this wrong." Yeah. Then and you're and you use a tone, a certain tone. You know, sometimes we do it without even realizing that we're doing it. Um. But humility allows you to be unemotional. Almost. Yeah, and, and that's kind of a good uh, a good segue into the next point, which is that not only do we need to approach our spouses with grace and humility, but we need to approach ourselves with grace and humility, right? Because if I can be, let, let's cover humility first in in sure. this part of it, and and this this is just quick. But if I can be humble coming into a discussion, an argument, whatever it is, conflict, if I can be, if I can approach myself with humility and understand that I certainly don't have it all figured out and that I need to change and that there might be areas even in this conflict that we're dealing with that I'm struggling too, then that can really help, that, that will help me to grow in our relationship yeah then I'll be really ready and willing to hear what the other person has to say and I think that that's the point you know you have to realize hey I'm not perfect yeah and I mean 
just like what we said before, viewing ourselves in the light of God and just knowing our nature. I'm not perfect. And I have to accept when somebody is going to tell me, you know, something that I need to work on because I do have things that I need to work on. You know, we all have things that we yeah, sh- yeah. we should be striving for and needing to work on. Um, and when you approach me with something like that, or anybody for that matter, but in the context of marriage, when you specifically approach me about something, I need to remember that. I how little I am, you know, like what we talked about, how little I am yeah, um, yeah. and be humble and, and willing to accept it. But I think also too, that we need to, um, we need to give ourselves some grace. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for myself, that's very difficult. I hold myself to a, a very high standard and I frequently do not meet my own standard. And it is frustrating to me. Um, I am a perfectionist. Um, just being honest and, I do, I do struggle with, with making these high lofty goals for myself. And I'll tell you what happens when I do just personally from experience, when I, you know, expect perfection and I can't achieve perfection, then I'm, I like give up. I'm like, why even try? And I think about, um, in particular, this, this example, my, my house, especially when my kids were really, really little, was a disaster. Like Josh will tell you. Oh, it was messy. It was bad. It was like now. To be fair, we did live in a very small house. We did, and, and there, there wasn't were toys. Yeah, there was not a lot of storage space. I remember one time the neighbor came over after I had just had a baby, and you were gone at work. And I mean, I think it was my third. My mom only stayed a couple days. Everybody was gone and I was struggling. She came over to bring some diapers as a gift. My house looked like an explosion and I can, I will never forget the look on her face. Like what has happened here? Like this looks like a crime scene. But I, you know, I, I think that I just had I had such high expectations of myself because I'm a perfectionist to keep it perfect. And I didn't understand, like, why is that not carrying over to my home life? You know, I I was a really great student and um, I got great grades and I did a great job at work. And my friend said it best. I'd never really thought about it like that. But she's like, it feels like if it can't be perfect, then why even try? If it can't be perfect then why even try? And I think that I was going into that, you know, if my house can't be perfect, why am I even going to try? It's just going to get messy again. And we can have that attitude when we go into marriage, you know. Yeah, I think not even when we go into marriage, but even throughout marriage. Absolutely. Like if, okay, if, if I can't fix, if I can't fix him, if I can't fix her, then why should I even try? Right. And I think we can even take that same attitude in our own spiritual life. Well, the Bible calls me to be holy. If I can't be perfect, then why even try? And it makes me think of David in Psalm 51 after his sin with Bathsheba. And I mean, that's a, you know, it's a big deal. Like here, here's the king and this sin has come out and, and he's lied on top of it. And there's, there's the affair that took place and then there's the murder that took place. And I mean, this was like a compounding sin. But in Psalm 51, we come to the passage where David just cries out to God and says, God, forgive me, be merciful to me, a sinner. And I love verse 13 because 
Um, David says in verse 13, I'll read it to you and then I'll, I'll give it to you in the JVV, the Josh Venable version. But it says in verse 13, then will I teach transgressors my way. Okay, so this is after he's, he's confessed his sin. It's after he's asked for forgiveness. It's as, after he's recognized his sinfulness before a holy God. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. And when I read that verse, what I read is de- a man who has made a mistake but yet is being gracious enough to himself in, in light of that mistake to say, God, I want you to take my past failures and I want you to use them for future ministry opportunities. I want you to take the, the, the mistakes that I've made and I want you to use me in the future to be able to minister to people. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. And so I think that's really a, a you know, something that a, a verse that can empower us as we make mistakes to be gracious to ourselves, but to also then move forward in light of the forgiveness that God has given us. Because what Satan wants us to do is exactly what Danielle just said. If I can't be perfect, why even try? And first Peter five, eight says the devil is a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He wants to destroy each and every one of us. And one of the ways that he destroys some of us that have this perfectionist mentality is he he says, well, you failed in the past. You're not going to be able to do it in the future. You've messed up in the past. And he constantly brings up that past and he constantly brings up our failures. Right. And, and, and we and, get and, knocked down because of it. And this is not an excuse for bad absolutely, behavior. Absolutely. And, but but it's being realistic. It's knowing, hey, I will mess up. And how am I going to respond when I do? That's what's important. You know, um, I think about the verses, and I can't remember where that passage is right now, but, you know, you fall seven times yeah. and then you get up again. Um, I, I think that, that that is key. You know, we have to be willing to say and admit, I'm not perfect. I'm going to mess up. But what am I going to do with that? Am I going to grow from that? Am I going to learn from that? Am I going to use those failures to draw me closer to the Lord or, or teach me to depend on him more? Or am I just going to be like, hey, deal with it. This is just how I am, you know? Right. Which I think, or or even to say, hey, I just can't. I can't do this. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, yeah, grace and humility. They're, they're, they're huge components of marriage. They're huge components of even dealing with ourselves that we've got to learn to incorporate them into our lives. And so friends, I hope that um, you have benefited from this conversation. I know before we let you go that Danielle wants us to do a little bit of homework here on air. We are um, doing a, a, a group here at our church uh, on marriage together. And one of the homework assignments we gave to our group this week was to talk to each other about how they could serve one another better. And so Danielle wants me to tell her how she can serve me better. No, I want to go first. Okay, fine. I want to tell you <laughs> go for how it. you can serve me better. <laughs> All right. Well, we actually talked about this at home. We gave everybody this homework assignment and then we sat down to talk about it and it was a struggle. Yeah. You know, it really was a struggle because I feel like you're really, I'm telling you, this man is like super gracious and he really serves our family 
well. I he's he is sure to remind me frequently. I am spoiled. (laughs) He says it all the time. He knows, and I know, and I am. I am spoiled. Um, But one thing I thought, and this is kind of a more serious thing. Um, One thing I thought about, and especially in light of the conversation that we had recently, and we've had a few discussions here recently. um, One way you can serve me better is, and it goes perfectly with this this lesson today. Yeah, yeah, yeah podcast it's a podcast um is maybe to listen yeah to hear me to hear me when i'm speaking i think that that would i don't know go a long way to like and maybe even let me know when you find value in what i say yeah no that's good i i think you're right i think that because I don't communicate that to you often. And I, I think it's like, um, it's, I don't know, maybe I'm just a prideful person. Um, <laughs> but not. even, even in our, you know, e- even in our conversation, like I find value in it, but then like, I won't say it right then. And then I'll go back and think about it later. And I'll be like, wow, that was actually a good point that she made. Um, <laughs> she but I don't want to tell right. her that she made a good point. Uh, Cause then, <laughs> then she'll know she made a good point. <laughs> Um, so anyways, you're probably right about that. Uh, so okay. let, let okay, me, let me tell you one way that you could serve me better. And I'll just, I'll stick with our topic of conversation as well. Perhaps you oh, could no. be a little bit more gracious in those moments where you give me those suggestions. <laughs> because there, there are often times that you have a tendency to approach them from you're doing it wrong. And maybe maybe a little more grace would translate into I 100 percent agree with you. a little you. more humility. Oh, on my part is what I mean. <laughs> OK, the okay. funny thing is we, we like guys, honestly, we did not share these things with each other until just now. But um, they fit together they fit, per- yeah, perfectly. They did. And yeah, that was no, not planned, I, no, in all honesty, I know that I struggle with. Like being a very matter of fact and like to the point and and not like, um, and sometimes that, that comes across in a way that I don't really mean to. Um, and I do it with our kids too. I was just talking to some ladies last night, like, man, I really need to work on that. And that is, um, you know, I, I need to make sure that what I am saying is coming across in a more soft and loving manner Yeah, because I can be very like blunt. And so... I will work on that. Wow. That was good. I love you. I love you too. You're the best. <laughs> All right. Enough sappiness. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, uh, hey, honestly. Oh, yes. Do your yes. homework, guys. Yeah. Do your we homework. We want to challenge spouse. you to do this. Yeah. I think that that would really help. And then interact with us. Let us know on the, on the Facebook page at the He Said, She Said podcast um, how that went. Yeah. And ask your spouse, what is one way that I can serve you better? Yeah. And then vice versa. Yeah. And and let us know. And by the way, there is a post on the Facebook page that we would love to hear from you right now. Um, just asking, what is one thing that God has taught you in marriage? I think it's good for us to iron sharpens iron. Right. And um, let's the use social media brain. for, uh, so there's so much toxicity on social media. Toxicity. You like that word? I do. Um, That's fun to say. It is fun to say. <laughs> uh, it, it'd be nice to brighten each other's feeds with a little bit of positivity from scripture. And Positivity. So, High five. 
All right. Hey guys, again, thanks for listening today. Um, hopefully this conversation about grace and humility has helped you. I know it's helped us. And um, if it has helped you, would you help us out by um, maybe reviewing the podcast on whatever platform you choose to listen to it on? And then maybe even share it on your social media so that more people might be able to benefit from the conversation. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll look forward to being back with you again next week. Have a great week. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us this week on He Said, She Said. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave us a review, subscribe, and tell a friend. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it's been a blessing.